now arriving downtown Santa Monica Station. Hey Adam, it's time for Notes on Your Notes. I'm Adam Lesser. And I'm Joshua Townsend Zellner. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. No. Happy New Year to you. <laughs> Remember that TV show? What was it called? Star Trek. Have you heard of that show? Yeah, I've heard of Star Trek. Yeah. You know what they do in that show? They go space, the final frontier, yeah. right? Isn't that isn't that the line of that thing? Pretty much. Yeah. So, what, Jasher? How was your New Year's? Oh, New so <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. You know, I did exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. What did you do? Um. I was, yeah, it was good. I was with my sister, so it was good. We were good. She was... Uh, Have you ever thought about, like, writing reviews? Yeah, it was good. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty good. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I, I had a good time. It was fun. I was hanging, hung out with my sister, got sisterly time. Okay. Uh, I, I hung out with my sisters with an S, so I guess we're... A lot of people don't know Josh has three sisters. I have three sisters. Now everybody knows. He's the only boy. Yes. Did did you get extra attention? Uh, you know, people. You, oh, I can't. You know, every time, every 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 time, people think that they go. Oh, that's why you're so spoiled. And oh, you must have all your meals made for you. Oh, da 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 da. It's like it's not true. It's you have so a not very true. vague only child quality to you, which is weird. Really? It's very subtle. Huh? And I don't mean that negative because I would say how many of my three of my closest friends are only children. Mm. And and what's that what's that character trait? Because I want to learn. They all have sort of like a. There's just a vague sense that they've been paid attention to in their life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like this vague, like, like 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 someone actually cares. Like they've been they listened to, and they they're not always loud people, but mm-hmm. there is this vague sense that they're in their own space a little bit and that they deserve to be heard but it's not always heavy-handed because they didn't need to be heavy-handed because ah wow you're good at that that's a really good character that's what i feel that's wow that's really good and you feel like i i have that trait to some degree it's just like a like a reminiscence Mm -hmm. like oh Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. cheryl reminds me of julia roberts (laughs) like sort of like Okay. You know, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, like someone reminds you, oh, he's good. Yeah, I yeah. I, I I have a tendency to to live in a certain very specific world that some people would say it's my own world. Yeah, I would say that. I would say, uh, you're very defined and okay with your opinions. <laughs> are you talking code to me there no Adam? no no i don't mean like i mean like you're kind of like uh, defined stubborn uh, <laughs> no, 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 not defined. you're like you're comfortable in your perspective yes it's true <laughs> have you always been so comfortable um i, w- I wouldn't say always yeah, yeah. it's emerged it's yeah it's, i know. feel like for you maybe it has come from like all of the yoga and pranayama mm. and like 
Mm. Your life experience feeling okay. like okay. So, so for people who don't know about pranayama, I just learned what, that it's what, the same what, thing. It's just <laughs> like a, a yogic what, name for meditation. What 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 Adam's talking about is breathing. It's specific yogic breathing. That, <laughs> I was just using it because I know you part. like that word. I know, I know. But you, you usually do. That I usually part. do the new age explanatory yeah. break. Like, hold on, time hold out, on, time out. I'm like the sideline announcer <laughs> at the yogi. <laughs> like, Josh just used the word pranayama. Oh. Let's go up to the booth and define that for. Um, it just is like it's so, just the meditation you do in yoga class. It's be, it's breath centric. Prana means uh, means energy or or breath. You know the prana of something, and yama means the control of. So it literally means the control of breathing, uh, and but the pranayama aspect of of life is that, or what I come to it is that all of, you know if if you're alive, you're breathing. And so if you're breathing consciously, then you're doing pranayama. And there's there's literally thousands of different uh, types of pranayamas to have different kind of attributes. Right. Fast breathing, slow breathing, whatever. So the fun, the fun breath of fire, that's, that's just one. <laughs> that's just one of th- literally thousands. And then, the, and then... How do you feel about that one? I, I love breath of fire. I love... You know the one I've been really into... I love that we're talking about this. What one I've been really into, which I advocate for everyone, which is slowing your breath down to one breath cycle a minute. It Josh, takes, it I takes know we've while. talked about this. Josh really? says 20 second inhale, 20 yeah. second exhale, and then 20 minute hold out, right? Uh, Not really like holding, but you're... Yeah. Sus- I call it suspending, suspension. suspension of the breath without effort. So yeah, you inhale for 20 seconds, you suspend your breath, meaning the breath is inside of you and you hold that, or you suspend that breathing and let the energy, the prana circulate, and then you have a 20 second exhale. And you know you, what I just remembered? Mm, Normally when I say this is notes on your notes, yeah. a podcast about the creative process and storytelling, right. and right. I don't think I did that today. You know why? Why I'm just doing it now, just so for the people who are new to our show are like, who are these (laughs) dudes talking about? It's because you're breaking old patterns from 2018. That's why. It's fantastic. 2018's gone. It's time for 2019. It's fantastic, Adam. Congratulations. I didn't mean to interrupt. Finish your thought. Uh, Yeah, one minute breathing is cool because if you can slow it down to one minute breathing, you're just like, it's fantastic. I would think you would get good quality sleep if you did that. You know what? I do have good quality sleep. But like it seems like the kind of thing that would cause maybe a little CO two buildup in your system, and like that would that make you more rested. Yes, the real thing. The I mean, if I were to really dive into it, I would say that the my parasympathetic nervous system just kind of slows down. It kind of counterbalances all the cacao I eat. <laughs> so Josh and I did, did an interview with a man named Harold, who's one of the shareholders and the marketing directors for Original Beans, which is this really good chocolate artisanal chocolate that's more money than any of us can afford anyways and worth it so josh we were all set to record this other episode and i get like a note from josh being like oh we're interviewing this guy so anyways harold shows up and anyways this will be out in a couple weeks and gives us like a whole analogy of how cacao and the process of making chocolate is analogous to the creative process which was very artfully done but in this in this like hour Josh feeds me and Harold more cacao than I've had in like the last three years. <laughs> and I'm like having like heart palpitations afterwards. Like not well. Mm-hmm. My eyes are wide open. <laughs> like my pupils are dilated. Oh, that's right. We were driving around afterwards. And we were like, driving around like, afterwards. Whoa. And uh, I had to come home and like try not to take a sleeping pill. I can't remember if I succeeded or not. The fact that I don't remember probably means that I succeeded. 
I would say that c- cacao is for people who can't handle cocaine. You know, it's like, you know. I always feel like they're in my head somewhere. They're from a similar plant, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> oh, right. Because there's the, it's the, it's the, oh, they're cocoa, both from... it's the cocoa leaf, right? For cocaine. It's the well, cocoa you... leaf. But this is oh, is cacao. it from a cacao tree? No, it's, oh. it's a cocoa leaf, which is different than a cacao tree. What's a cacao, what's a cocoa leaf from? Is that just like a different you know, tree? Yeah, it's a different species. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was just being like on PC. I was like, oh, they're both, you can get both in Colombia. And uh, <laughs> they're both kind of are a little racy. Maybe cacao's like the the healthy organic version and the cocoa leaves are the ones that yeah. you, the bad boys take. Yeah. They're not. They're two separate species. They're two, and, and it's also heavily synthesized, you know, the white powder, the other white powder. We don't even want to talk about sugar. Have you ever snorted cacao powder? Actually, they were doing it in, in like rave parties in New York and L.A. for a while. It was like it was like all the rage. Snorting cacao? Yeah. There's no way I'm going to do that because cacao tastes too good to snort <laughs> Maybe it feels good in your lungs. You probably have maybe a taste sensors in your lungs. <laughs> <laughs> this is already the best episode ever. <laughs> oh my God. Talk about spaciousness, man. You're going wide on me. This is great. Well, yeah. 2019 is here, kids. And we thought all about like what we should do for the New Year's episode because we mm-hmm. think about that a lot. Yeah, this sure isn't it. <laughs> huh? And this is not it, but now we're going to transition. Uh, seamlessly, and you won't even notice. <laughs> yeah. uh, today's topic, and really the topic we think you want to think about in 2019 is... Space, the final <laughs> frontier. So really, seriously, we talk about space, we talk about, you know, that TV show, Star Trek, you know, mm-hmm. going to the final frontier, space. And then if you think about what happened in the late 1800s, early 1900s, everyone said, go west, right? Go west, because that that's where you have more expansion, you have more space. And so as an artistic creative person, we want to move into a, a, a situation where we can internally and externally create space to go into a deeper state of allowing, to allow more of our creativity show up for anything as opposed to feeling and experiencing a single point of pressure. Wow, Josh Townsend, everybody. Uh, Let's talk about like how this plays out typically for people. So you're working with a client and they're stressed out because they're like, oh, I got to finish my novel. It's due at my publisher. I got to mm-hmm. finish the script. It's due. Mm-hmm. So they go to a place of pressure, right? Mm-hmm. Pressure, contraction, and single pointed focusness and kind of driven in, in a certain way. And, and, and because of that, less choice, less option, less. And sometimes this, the pressure is not external. Sometimes oh, it's internal. A right. lot of time it's like not even like, I've, it's more like I'm a writer and therefore I work all the time or like I have to work this many hours a day and finish this many story, whatever it is. Yeah. Any of the goalposts we set for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Especially having a deadline of someone else's doing and there's no negotiation and that pressure is just really ramped up. And And on top of that, we go into a parasympathetic nervous system response of, <gasps> right? Well, sympathetic, but yes. I'm sorry, sorry. Yeah, sympathetic, right. We go into a sympathetic nervous response where we, we contract and we tighten. And in some ways, you know, not to be too, what do you call it on this? But in some ways, we become addicted to that. Like, that's what we know. So that's what we feel is required in order for us to be creative. 
Yeah, you were talking about like or to feel like you be, if you feel like if you can remain spacious and not worried about the outcome or the deadline, mm-hmm. you're more likely to be creative and find creative solutions for the project you're working on. So ultimately, this is what I notice for myself and other people, which is when you get to a place of mastery, when you get to a place where you own it, where you feel like, you know, I'm here and, and I'm at full choice, we naturally go into a place of and holding that space of spaciousness so that even though the, the time and the circumstances are crunching down on us, we can still maintain an ability to take in data from the outside in a wide spectrum, filter it through, and use it for our creative process as opposed to pushing it away, hype, being hypervigilant, and try and just muscling our way through something. Right. Yeah, no, I got you. Uh, like, I think that this is always complex because on the one hand, deadlines lead to work getting done. Mm-hmm. And they force discipline, I think. Mm-hmm. We've talked about... We, mm-hmm. we, Josh and I have had lengthy conversations on discipline. Uh, we don't always see eye to eye. But, but, this is, this, but this conversation is beyond that. And I want to be really specific. I'm, I'm really specific. It's not to say that you don't put yourself in a position where you have to honor something. It's like... <clears throat> You're saying it's not that you don't make commitments to yourself or other people. Yeah, in, in in time, it's an internal it's an internal space that I'm able to maintain, and that's the difference between a novice and a master, because the novice is going to react to the externalized pressure, and the master uses it as a way to to help create focus and intention, but also maintains the internal space of openness and spaciousness. And so they are not diametrically opposed. This is not a binary decision. This is a state of being or mindset or, or experiential reality, well, you know, whatever word so you want So you're saying this on. is an internal state you can main, maintain within the context of your commitments, within the context of your commitments to other people or yourself to work on your craft. Yes, uh, that's what I'm saying. And here's a real life example because I know everyone loves examples. There's this lady Mm-hmm. And she has twins, and I I saw this. She was playing in like a park like situation, and something came up, and they had to go go go, and without commotion or drama or anything else, it was very seamless. She was able to whisk the kids together, put them in the minivan, and off they went. Mm-hmm. So the event happened. The event we're talking artist language here, right? The event of we have to go now, and it happened. It needs to happen within three minutes. I'm making that up. And there's no bump. Mm-hmm. And now you take the same situation, you give a different mother the casting, and there could be tons of drama. Oh my God, we have to go. Hurry up, kids. Oh, you, why are you? Your face is horrible. And the same three minutes, but it can be filled with contraction and, and, and jerkiness and non smoothness, right? And still within the three minutes, everyone leaves, but it doesn't feel the same. It's interesting that these are interesting examples to me because. It's almost in a sense we're talking a little bit. I don't like the word performance, but what brings it brings that to mind a little bit. So like I was a reasonably good test taker growing up. Okay. And I always know that there are a lot of people who struggle with tests, taking mm-hmm. tests. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I felt in those moments wasn't total spaciousness and calm. What I felt going into exams was I'm prepared and I'm and I'm now going to reach a deeper level of focus. And 
you know who I used to watch a lot growing I played tennis growing up hmm. and I used to watch the way Andre Agassi would work, walk on a tennis court mm-hmm. I was a big I admired him a lot and um it's interesting if you watch not don't watch how he warms just watch how he walks on the court he slings his bag over his right shoulder and his head is slightly tilted mm-hmm. and he's usually looking either forward or at the ground mm-hmm. but there's this sense watching him like of total focus it's it's an interesting thing and that's kind of what i see sometimes is that some people just have the capacity and i can't i you know it I, me working on a script or a short story is i don't have that same level of focus a lot of the time that i did taking exams weirdly mm-hmm. but i guess what i'm saying is like sometimes i see this in sports or in performance where under what we would call pressure mm-hmm. some people get I don't want to know if the word is calm, but they, they seem to settle into the practice that they're doing in a deeper way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're talking about with mastery in, in an art form is like when you have these external deadlines and pressure, can you become uh, even more interested, more focused, more curious, mm-hmm. uh, more practiced, make good decisions, right? So like mm-hmm. if you're, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, what would be a bad decision, but let's say that well, you have to I, 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 script I, I, scripts do the next day. You don't go out and get shit faced. I, I want to jump, jump in on that because, because th- that practice of making decisions is part of your creative process. And you've practiced that in, in the, in the open spaciousness of creating mm-hmm. and, and to do it in the moment when there's external pressure and still go back to your foundational work is, is, is wonderful. Yeah. So yeah, right on. That's a great. That's a great thing to notice. Yes. So what for the people at home who is like sort of like, I will say one like a lot of people just don't have like what a lot of I think creative people struggle with more than this, mm. for particularly ones who are not getting paid, mm-hmm. um, to do their creative work is the fact that uh, they actually have no pressure on them. I think that's actually a bigger problem. But let's say like you artificially create pressure for yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. and there are ways to do that. You can, if you're doing a solo performance, you can book the theater and send out invitations. So, you know, it's a little bit harder if you're screenwriting or doing like a book project, but you can uh, have accountability partners. You You can can take a class, take a class. There's, there's ways to set up accountability for yourself. Yeah. So I guess what I'm wondering is, so let's, I'm just taking it back a step. Let's assume you created a pressured, mm-hmm. some sort of external internal pressure. Mm-hmm. You make a commitment to yourself to write two hours every morning for 30 mm-hmm. days or whatever it is you yeah. want to do. Mm-hmm. What, um, what suggestions do you have for people to stay creative and spacious within a pressurized environment? Like what is the practice? Well, the practice is the one we laid down before, which is the mental and physical relaxation. That's the that's the floor. Okay, so for people I haven't heard, we did an episode on that. Josh does a guided meditation, which is very helpful. Okay. Uh, and I will put that in the show notes. Yeah, so that's the floor. And then the uh, one of the other techniques one could use is to get in touch with your five physical senses. Because if you're, you, people will say, oh, you have to be here now. What does that mean? Well, being here now means that you're aware of your five physical senses. So smell, taste, touch, what you're hearing, what you're seeing. Like really be present in the room. Because 
if you're not present, how can you make noticings? And these noticings are going to come through in terms of of choices that are now um, you have more options with. Okay. Otherwise, you're just going to be tunnel focused and you're only going to look at the one thing, whatever the one thing is that you're working on. And then come in with fresh eyes. So if you're reading something or performing something and you've been rehearsing for a while, change it up. You know, kind of like how you did today, right? You, you, you didn't say a podcast about the creative process and storytelling. Yeah. You know, so already we have a pattern in a rupture. We've changed the pattern. So now that creates space, spaciousness, for something else to emerge yeah. if, if we're aware of it. New environment. New environment could also work. Yeah. What, what else? What, what other uh, things have you worked with? I mean, I think that for me, on the cognitive level, sometimes I agree with everything you said. On the cognitive level, sometimes even putting a note by your desk mm-hmm. of what you're ultimately trying to do here. And for me, that is like, I'm here to explore and make discoveries about creativity, mm-hmm. not be anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to be a famous artist, writer, it's a tr- it's a trap. You may get there if you stay creative and work consistently and really get deep into your work. Mm-hmm. There's a pretty good chance you'll end up there. But I think that's part of it is like getting at the root belief, which can make you less creative. And that root belief is usually something along the lines of either I'm not very good. I'll never be good at this or I have to be great at this mm-hmm. so I can be seen as X. Mm-hmm. And once you buy into that then you are initially you're immediately not creative because you're very tied to whatever you're doing being received in a certain way a result yeah you have to be you have to let go of the audience expectation yeah that's so that's exists on a cognitive level on a less cognitive level i i think i would have just put in a pitch for diversity of stimuli which we kind of hinted on but if something's not it's like consistency and diversity consistency and diversity Mm. so meaning like if you sit down and write for an hour and it's just not coming you may need to go sit and walk for 30, 40 minutes, sit under a tree. Mm-hmm. And then the trick is to come back. Mm-hmm. Most people go and then get distracted and go f- play with their phone for two or three hours and then they don't go back to their work. Mm-hmm. And we don't even have to use the word work. They don't go back to their creative process. Mm-hmm. My pitch is like, do the dance back and forth, get into that rhythm. You know, it's like the ocean flows in, the ocean flows out. You oh, know, Adam, this is so good. You know, tides in, really tides good. out. Yeah. It's being w- willing to enter into that rhythm fully. And um, so, yeah, diversity of stimulation, I think, is helpful. Um, well, and you're, and you're, going you're, with it you, when it goes. But like you're it. bringing something else into it, which is diversity is, is fantastic. But you, what you're suggesting, and I completely agree, and I think it's a wonderful thing you're bringing in today, is this thing of going back. Because you can go into an expansive state, which is pretty easy. Long walk on the beach, holding hands, sunset. And spooning. then spooning. <laughs> and then And then having... The discipline, the will, the intention of going back into it and, and and taking that state back into your work process, your creative process. That's exactly right. That's fantastic. And I think that perspective comes back to the larger perspective of like, this is my lifestyle. This mm-hmm. is my investigation into like what, what kind of art I want to do. So I mm-hmm. don't need... Mm-hmm. to do that and and I mean I do think there is something to be said for just making healthy choices the other thing the other thing is I'm going to bring in the other which is um, 
when you are in a creative space and you're doing your creative work and you encounter other people that you're working with, do you want to be with someone who's open, creative, taking in stimulation, uh, available for you and whether new ideas you can have for a project? Or do you want to be with someone who's hyper-focused, tunnel-visioned, uh, has the inability to, you know, to be present for you? And, um, you know, it's like, which one would you rather well, co- co-create with? I think you're talking about also like this role of support. So I just wanted to say like one other thing that came up is like, if you are feeling like you need help, then you need to go get support, which mm-hmm. is like, could be a writing, could be a class, could be working one-on-one with someone, could be a friend who you just opinion you trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, any of those things, I think. And then you're, you know, Josh's reference that spending time around other creative people is always helpful because they usually have the right view. Mm-hmm. And by the right view, I mean like their values are around creativity and they're not mm-hmm. going to say unhelpful things to you, like get a job or like <laughs> maybe you shouldn't be spending time on this don't give up your day job yeah, oh. let's play they're not going to say stupid things yeah. uh but no i i think you know we've talked about this risks of classes just look for the support that is someone who's open and is going to encourage you to make mm-hmm. uh, a sort of open curious investigation in your work and not someone who's going to walk in and say all right, page 30 in your script. What's the, where's the one act curtain? You know, I don't see it here. Get it right away. You know, like yeah. not like hyper focused on something has to be a certain way. Yeah. I think that is, I can always tell that when I get notes on stuff I've written, like yeah. when their people are tight, they'll give you a note. Like, you know, like I don't see the, you know, the, the strong antagonist we need here by the 20th page. And it's just like, they're reading from like, Mm-hmm. a book on screenwriting that's yeah. what it sounds like yeah <laughs> but that's a hyper-focused perspective yeah similarly you're talking about the uh, about something different which i think is there are, there are people whose approach their work is hyper-focused and a little bit closed and that's a different kind of beast and uh, just be mindful of that sort of well who do you want to be and who do you want to work with <laughs> So for 2019, maybe... That, and I want to add wait. one more thing about this, which is ultimately, if you live in, if you live and work and create and maintain that space of creativity in, in, a, in, a, in a very um, spacious place, mm. then sometimes what happens is you make discoveries that are based on grace. And the grace cannot be bought or sold. It appears, and also I, not only does it appear, but I can recognize it and work with it and that's the that's the unknown factor that comes with the spaciousness mm-hmm. as opposed to the direct line of just hitting it hitting it hard until it's quote unquote right yeah grace is an interesting analogy elizabeth gilbert who wrote uh, eat pray love has talked about this mm-hmm. that i think then historically maybe it was even in meetable times i'm butchering this so please fact check it but the view of the artist was that it wasn't their ego. Right. They were just vessels for, you know, something Ch- channeling. channeling. Yeah. They were just mm-hmm. channeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In modern times, you know, because we're individualist egos in a Western democracy where everything's yeah. about us, yeah. we believe it's everything is our own genius, you know, Mozart, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we make movies about this, Amadeus, and right? And so that perspective means also that if it's not working, it's because I'm terrible. And so when you use the word grace, it's like, what can I allow to come through me? It's sort of the perspective. And that's a very different way of looking at it. Well, it's part of that thing of noticing because, because I'm being given stimuli all the time. It's, it's, it's how do I 
select it? What do I notice? What do I notice that I notice? And what do I integrate into my work and then utilize it for the, for the greater good of the project? Because it's all there all yeah. the time. It's, it's can I see it? Can I be I present? Can I see it? Yeah. Yes. So this was our 2019 po- topic. And we just encourage you to think about the coming year in these terms and your creative work. And we'll do an episode about setting hard goals and sort of the more uh, brass tacks and also the processing and inventory of how were things last year? What do we want for this year? You know, which I think is an important process to go through. We also are just saying like, this is maybe the 35,000 feet view that you might want to maintain for this year, which Mm -hmm. is that Mm -hmm. if I were to be really spacious and work in a truthful, honest and committed way, but keep stay so open, what would it look like for me? And maybe take that question into your week and see what emerges. That's beautifully said, Adam. Thank you. We are looking forward to this year so much. Josh is teaching. Josh is teaching individually. It's going to be a great year for Notes on Your Notes. And so we would encourage you to subscribe, to post on social media. That would be a New Year's gift to us. If there's an episode you like, if you like this episode, post it. We would really enjoy that. The music on this show is courtesy of Kevin McLeod, and the sound design and editing is courtesy of me. We will talk to you next week. Happy New Year. 